Amen. I'm going to go to the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Everybody say a good report. God always has a good report. There's always one there somewhere. Doesn't matter where you're at in life, what you're going through, God has a good report for you. It doesn't make every difficulty disappear. But in the midst of difficulty, there still can be a report from God that is good. That's the, one of the benefits of living for God is we can be in the, in the lowest valley in life, but there still can come a word from God that will lift your spirit. Sometimes it may just be like manna in uh, the, the wilderness that it's enough to keep you for the next day. But let me tell you tonight that where faith is, there is a good report. You can be battling situations. You can be battling circumstances. But when you live by faith and you walk by faith, there will be a good report in your life. To the opposite end, and you can do this in Scripture, it's, it doesn't, uh, most of the time it doesn't do any injustice when interpreting it. You can take the opposite. Where fear is, there is a bad report. Where fear is, where it is raining, it will always end with a bad report. I'm talking about the thoughts in your mind. You can look at a scenario and fear grip your heart, and the reason fear grips your heart and causes you to respond in a certain way is because you believe whatever that negative report is that fear brought with it. Are you hearing me tonight? And in order to understand if you're walking by faith, you can, you can go down the checklist of emotions. The one emotion that you can trust in your life is peace. Peace is the one emotion that you can trust. When you get a good report from the Lord, it will bring peace with it. You don't have to go find peace. You don't have to pray for peace. I've heard people say, pray for me. I got peace. No, I'm not going to. It's a waste of time. You don't pray for, for peace. You follow peace. Where the will of God is, there will be a good report. Doesn't mean everything has immediately changed, but you can be in the midst of terrible circumstances and still have peace in your own spirit. I was thinking about this the other day, that, and I know I've mentioned this before, but the book of Philippians is considered the happiest book in the Bible. It is a book that was written from prison cells. This is where the Apostle Paul wrote it. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. He talks about the joy of the Lord throughout the book of Philippians, and it, and it was written from a place of confinement. Where he, where he was absolutely and totally shut down. I heard, I, I saw some, not too much, you know how you hear in the news, somebody, there'll be, a, there'll be an article or something, they'll say, it'll be a little video or something showing whatever, and, and, and the, the news reporter will say, there's a chilling video. Chilling, chilling. I get so tired of it because it's not chilling. I don't know what chilling is supposed to, what's supposed to be. But I actually, for the first time in a long time, heard something that really, it kind of got to me. You may have seen or heard it. I guess they just shut down China again. There's, there's a strain. There's some folks that tested positive in China. And there's a video of somebody outside of the room. Did y'all hear it? Of the people screaming. In, I believe it's in Shanghai. It's like the entire city is scream I've never heard anything like it in my life. It was it was it was pretty eerie. 
Never heard that before. You know why? There's fear. There's a bad report. There's a place of confinement. Those are people that don't have hope in the midst of their confinement. That's what it sounds like. And that's often that's that's oftentimes what it sounds what our if we could hear our spirit in the midst of difficulty, that's what our spirit sounds like until we get a word from God. Until we begin to operate and believe the word of God, operate in faith. Because the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. According to my natural mind, I have no reason to believe God for what I'm believing him for because nothing in the natural tells me that it's going to happen. I just believe it. But faith is the currency of heaven. Faith will get you a long way. If you're going to get anything from God, you will not get it without believing God for it. You're not going to have such a bad pity party that God gives you something. It never happens. I've had a lot of pity parties in my life, and, and God's never showed up to any of them. I've never felt the Holy Ghost sweep into my life when I was having a pity party about my current situation. Never happens. Never in one time. And guess what? It's never going to happen. God's never going to do that for anybody. He responds to faith. He responds to when I, when, I, when, I, when I stand up and I say the word of God says this about my situation. I, I don't have to be afraid or I don't have to, I don't have to be, feel confined or, or, or I have, have to feel imprisoned by my situation. There's a, a, a word from the Lord. But the Bible says for it, for by it the elders obtained a good report. They obtained it not by what they saw. They obtained a good report simply by their faith. And it was their faith that brought about the fulfillment of what they were believing God for. It's not, there's a phrase that we often say, seeing is believing. But in, in the supernatural, it's the opposite. It's believing is seeing. Well, I believe it when I see it. No, you'll see it when you believe it. There's no other way. There, there's no other way. There, there, that's the way that God operates. If we're going to please God, we're going to have to respond in faith to him. And when there's faith in your spirit for God to, to sweep into your life, to begin to move on you or begin to use, whatever it is, begin to use you, to begin to step into an arena of ministry that you've never stepped into before, when you, when you begin to uh, believe that God is going to do it and God is going to help you, God is going to see you through, when you begin to choose to believe that God is going to make a way instead of slinking down into uh, just a, a cesspool of, of negativity and mediocrity and just, well, this is my lot in life. That does not please God. And, and when, we, when we begin to slink down into just this is my lot in life, this is the way it's always going to be, God is not going to feel so sorry for you that he changes it. It does not get God's attention. It does not impress God when we just say, well, this is the way it's going to be for me. No, there's got to be something that rises up in your spirit. You see, faith rises. Faith rises. That's, that's the direction it goes. Faith does not take you down. Faith takes you up. Fear will take you down. Fear will press you down. Negativity will press you down. But faith will rise. And that's why when you begin to, when you begin to tap into faith, you'll, that's the only way you could, well, you could probably describe it different ways, but one of, the, one of the ways that you would describe it is I felt something rising up within me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? been in a situation that if we've lived for God for any period of time where you where you sought God and you were in a tough spot and you and you fell prey to negativity and then something rose up in you and when something rose up in you then your spirit began to rise because you connected with faith faith always brings about an excitement of what God is going to do I would rather be excited than mediocre I would rather be excited than pressed down and depressed. 
That's not how I want to live for God. I don't know if you figured that out yet, but that's not how I want to, I want to live my life for the Lord. If, if, I'm going to, if I'm going to be anything, I'm going to be excited about the things of God. But I'm not talking about being excited just for excited sake, but I'm going to plug into faith. I'm going to live and I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to, the thoughts of my mind are going to possess faith. When I encounter difficulty or impossibility, I've got one option, and that's faith. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. He's going to see me through. He's going to make a way. Let's lift our hands to the Lord right now and just confess that to him. Lord, I believe you're going to do it. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over unbelief. In Jesus' name, we cast out unbelief in Jesus' name. We cast aside unbelief and we lose faith in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and praise him right now. Hallelujah. You don't really, you don't understand faith or understand somebody why they act the way they do unless you have encountered or you yourself have stepped into a place of faith. Faith will make you do crazy things. Faith will make you act crazy. When you believe that God, the God of the universe that created everything is working on your behalf, when we really believe that the all-powerful, almighty God, the omniscient God, the creator of heaven and earth, that he is as big as he really is, and he is not, not just in the earth moving vaguely for humanity, but he is on my side, and he is working for me, and he is working things out for my good, that he is a God that wants to get personal for me, and he wants to fight on my behalf. When I really begin to believe that, you can feel it rise in the room right now when you begin to just talk about faith and believing the things of God you can you can begin to expand your faith and know that God can do anything we've got to get to a place where we really believe God can do anything it's a problem where we think he can do a few things it's not good enough for him to have a, a small section of things that he can do or just a, a few things that he's capable of doing. But we've got to believe that God can do anything. And God can do anything for me. We'll believe it. We, we can even believe that God can do something for somebody else. But God can do anything for you. It's the word of God. God wants us to believe that he can do anything. We're not putting God on the spot by believing he can do anything. We're not putting God in a tough spot or painting him in a corner by believing that he can do anything. You're not making him uncomfortable when you begin to ask for big things and you begin to believe for big things. When, when, when your faith gets locked into something that is beyond what you ever had before. Here, somebody's got to hear me tonight. God, is, you're not putting him in a tough spot by with all of your being beginning to believe that God God can do miracles in your life. He is not put off. He is not, he's not uncomfortable with that. He's not offended when you begin to believe that he can do anything. The sad thing is, is we so, for so long have lived with a deficit of faith that we don't even ask and we have not because we ask not. And the reason we didn't ask is we didn't really believe he wanted to do it in the first place. But the Holy Ghost wants to challenge our faith and he wants to increase our faith. He wants us to believe that he can do anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't care how long you've been in that mess. God can do anything. I don't care how long it's been bad. God can do anything. I didn't plan on preaching tonight, but here we go. Praise God. When faith gets in the room, something shifts in the atmosphere because something gets stirred up in your spirit. I'm telling you right now that God is wanting to pour out miracles in your life. He's wanting to pour out the miraculous in your, in your family, in your life. He's wanting to do things that you have thought were impossible, but God is the God of impossible, but he's not going to do the impossible because you had such a big pity party. He's not going to do the impossible because you cried so many tears and you felt sorry for yourself. Without faith it is impossible to please God. And when you enter into faith and start believing it, no matter what, God is going to move. God is going to do the miraculous. Somebody clap your hands and magnify him right now. Hallelujah. Jesus. 
Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We've just got to reach for it. Why are we scared to reach for something? What do, we, what do we have to lose? We've got to figure out what I've got to lose. But the enemy of your soul wants to hold you back from believing the word of God and, and believing it with, with, every, with every fiber of who you are. With, with, he wants to keep you from really buying in to faith and walking by faith and believing the word of God that nothing is impossible with God. I've said this before, but it does bear repeating. Do you know what fear is? It is faith in the devil. It's what it is. You believe him, and so you respond accordingly. That's what fear is. It is faith that the bad things are going to happen, and you believe it so much that you emotionally respond. Now, what is the opposite end of the spectrum? If I have faith in God, my, I, I will not be an emotionless person. Oh, yeah, well, I believe it. No, 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 no. Because when fear strikes you, the tears flow and, 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 and the lamenting, everything that comes with fear, something bad's about to happen. We know what it's like. Well, the, the same is true on the opposite end. When we really believe that God can and will do a miracle, when we really believe that God can and will do something in my life that is far above and beyond what I thought previously, if I would just reach for it, God will do it. We just haven't, we just, we, how, many, how many miracles have we missed out on just because we didn't ask? How many miracles have, we, have I missed out on just because I failed to believe it? You want a good report, you're not going to get it apart from faith. Mark chapter 11, verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a big tree, a fig tree afar, it might have been a big tree too, I don't know, a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples, disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple, began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. He taught, saying unto them, is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. When he was even come, he went out of the city. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be, ca be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus displayed it for them as he walks by the fig tree, doesn't have any fruit, and he cursed it and walked on. Did his thing in the temple, comes back walking by, and the fig tree is dried up. The disciples notice it. And he uses this as the opportunity to talk about faith and the spoken word. What comes out of your mouth will either bring life or death. Did you know that, and I'm not going to get into this right now, but there's no in-between in Scripture. 
You know what the lie of Satan is? Is you can stand in the middle and have both. In whatever scenario, you can love God and still experience the pleasure. You can have both. It's what, it's what Satan did to Jesus at the temptation of Christ. In the Old Testament, the Bible says, or the Bible says about uh, uh, Jacob and Esau, uh, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. You gotta, what you have to understand about the Hebrew uh, uh, language is there's no such thing as neutrality. It's either love or hate. When you read the Old Testament, when you, have, when you see love or hate, you gotta understand that in the Hebrew language, there's no such thing as kind of liked them. It's either loved or hated. There's, it's, it's one or the other. It's choose. There's no middle ground. And this is what Jesus, as he teaches, you're either going to have faith or you're not going to have faith. You're not going to kind of have faith. There's no such thing, and this is where it hits us square right between the eyes, is there's no such thing as a faithless believer. But we've tried to, we've tried to rationalize and be, be a Holy Ghost-filled unbeliever. And there is no such thing as a Holy Ghost-filled unbeliever. God wants to increase our faith. He wants to increase our faith to where we really begin to believe that he's God. Because what we, what we can and we have done is we've settled into a place of comfort where we, where we don't need to be stretched and it doesn't require our faith because if we believe for something, the enemy jumps on and if it doesn't happen, we just, he just has a field day in our mind and we don't understand faith. Faith is, is just like a, a muscle in your body. That, that it, it, all of us have seen somebody at some point in time that may have lost the mobility in one of their limbs and after that limb is not used for a period of time, what does it look like? The muscle shrivels up as it has not been used. And that's what our faith looks like when we don't use it. Do you go from that position of having a shriveled up muscle in your body to all of a sudden lifting a whole, a whole lot of pounds or, 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 or getting a, a curl bar with a bunch of weight on it and doing it? No, they have to, if they're going to come out of that, if that muscle is going to be conditioned and used properly, it's going to have to start with a little bit of weight at a time and gradually grow, gradually grow. Now, what we got to understand is what happened here Sunday was a pretty big deal. You understand that 20 people, that's 20% of our normal attendance on a Sunday morning. 20%. Churches, it's not uncommon for a push to bring about a 5 or 7% result like that. And that's a good result. I don't think we fully really comprehend the fact that just activating our faith, something happened in the spirit world. God said, okay, somebody had faith. I'm going to reward faith. God was pleased. God was pleased and people came in here and there, and there was a number of guests that were here on Sunday morning. We had uh, uh, 20 and I've got to go through the cards and everything. There was, uh, there was one that had been here a long time ago um, and so I, I get an official number. It's either 19 or 20. We were, we were right there. I mean, you're splitting hairs at that point. But my point is, is to go from three or four guests last Friends Day to 20. It didn't happen because somebody asked the right way didn't happen because somebody was so polished when they talked to somebody. They, it, it happened because there was faith that was activated and God wants to reward his church. He wants to pour out blessings. He wants to show that this really does work. It really does work. We've just got to activate our faith. And God gave us as a congregation a win and proved to us that if we'll just step out on faith and do it, God will reward it. Well, it didn't happen the first time. Okay, well, let's try it again. Because the word of God is true. The word of God is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. If there's anything we can trust in, it's the word of God. If there's anything we can have faith in, it's the word of God. We've got to bring our faith to everything. We cannot, man, I've gotten through two scriptures. I've got a bunch more left. We've, we, we cannot um, compartmentalize and have faith for something and be satisfied not to have faith for something else. 
it's going to take, feel like you're taking a risk when you're operating in faith. That's what faith feels like. It feels like a risk, like I'm possibly about to lose something here or I'm, this, this gonna be, I'm going to be in a jam if this don't work. Yeah, that's what faith feels like. And then when God does it, the next time you, your faith has grown so that you know if God did that, he can do it again. And so your faith grows to the next, to the next level. Our, our, our next friend's day, our goal is going to be 25. If God did 20, surely he can do 25. But we cannot be people who, 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 who just back into the corner of fear and un, just un, not even necessarily fear, but just unbelief and doubt. Doubt will cancel everything God's trying to do. It, it will cancel it out. And, and, and there can be doubt in the room. That's why, that, and, and this is a, another series for another time, but the, the unity of the body. The unity of the body. Everybody unified. Everybody uh, uh, full of faith. Everybody believing God together. There's something about when the body of Christ gets unified and we start believing the word of God together. Nothing can stop God's church when we are full of faith and we are unified as a body. But when there's a body that has come together, a group of people, and there's, there's God is trying to move, but there's unbelief scattered through the, throughout the congregation. There's somebody that just has doubt that they've never conquered or unbelief. It, it, it radiates from one, one, one person to the next and, and you don't understand how much unbelief can lock up what God wants to do. We've got to cast out unbelief. We've got to cast out doubt and say I will not be a person of unbelief. I will not try to be a Holy Ghost filled unbeliever and sit back and fold my arms or twiddle my thumbs and, and give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. Ah, I believe that. No, I don't believe that. Ah, no, no, no. I'm going to be a believer. I'm going to be a person of faith. That's where the good report comes from. That's where the miraculous comes from is when God's people begin to believe the word of God together. Would you lift up your hands one more time to the Lord and let's just love him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we're going to be people of faith. We're not going to be doubters and full of unbelief in the name of Jesus, but we're going to believe the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Luke chapter 17. And the, the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. That's what we need to say to God. God, I'm not satisfied with my level, with my level of faith. Lord, I've doubted you. But I've, I've got to repent of my doubt and my unbelief. And I want you to increase my faith. I want to be going in the direction of faith, not in the direction of fear. God has a, God has a lot of patience for his people when they're going in the right direction. But throughout scripture, and I've, I've got a few of them here. I don't know if I'll get to it. God, uh, uh, God doesn't have a tolerance for lack of faith. It, Jesus called it out over and over. Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. O ye of little faith, constantly, wherever there was doubt and unbelief, Jesus called it out. Every time it was there, there's a note. It's somehow either the narrator or Jesus himself calls out unbelief. Because unbelief will stop a move of God faster than anything else. Dev, the devil's not powerful enough to stop a move of God. The devil's not, there's no demon in hell that's powerful enough to stop a move of God. But what is, is when people are full of doubt and unbelief. That'll, that'll shut it down. That'll shut down everything God's wanting to do. And we've got to know as the core of this church that every time we come together, you can't bring doubt in the building. Of, of anybody that should not bring doubt in the building, it should not be the people of God. Somebody say amen. You've got, you've got to loose yourself of doubt and unbelief and understand that doubt and unbelief is there waiting to take over your mind if you will let it, if you will let it take over your mind. Doubt and unbelief will always come against you. The enemy will always try to throw seeds of doubt in your mind because he knows how powerful faith is. And when you begin to connect with faith, the, the supernatural is activated. And it's like, it's like money in the bank that you can spend. And that's what faith is. And faith is the current 
currency of the supernatural. And wherever there is faith, God is going to pour something out. You've got to cast out doubt and unbelief. And you've got to get a hold of faith and decide to walk in faith. Doubt and unbelief will just, will just leave you with nothing. It'll leave you with all of the predictable. It'll it'll rob you of what God wants to do in your life. That's all unbelief and and doubt will do. Lack of faith. But when you come in the house of God with faith, believing that God's about to touch you, he's about to touch somebody, that there's so much faith that there's expectancy. Lord, I'm expecting you to do something tonight. I'm expecting you to do something tomorrow. I'm expecting to see God pour out his spirit, pour out his blessings, make a way, do whatever it is, open a door, save my children, do whatever. It could be tomorrow that you get a phone call from an unsaved child or family member and God's been dealing with them. It could be the next day. I'm talking about expectation. When you grab a hold of the promise of God and you believe it with everything that is within you, now is not the time to let doubt and unbelief reign in your mind and in your heart. You've got to let faith reign in your mind and in your heart. Increase my faith. Levels of faith. It's, it's possible. It's, it's, it's like my brother has described it like this. It's like a rubber band that you could take and you can stretch it and it can get so big that if you let it go it goes back to its original size. The same is that, that that's the way faith is. If I am activating my faith, if I am believing God for something, God is going to show up and my faith is going to increase. But, it, but even as a Holy Ghost filled unbeliever, I can, my, my faith can be so emaciated. My faith can be at such a deficit that I walk around with my head hung low and my, and my, and my posture is slouched. And, and if you ask me how I'm doing, it's going to be nothing but negativity. If you, if you start having a conversation with me, it won't take me 10 seconds to start complaining about something or seeing the negative in something. Oh, but when somebody's got faith in their spirit, it won't take but five or 10 seconds to talk before, before they start to say what they believe God's going to do or what God is doing or what they've seen God do or how he's beginning to work in their life. I'm talking about faith and not yielding to doubt and unbelief, we've got to ask God to increase our faith. Would you lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. In the name of Jesus, God, I'm going to believe you for greater things. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to believe you for for the impossible. I'm going to believe you for the things that my flesh says are impossible and cannot happen. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What is it in your life that, that your, your brain, your carnal brain has told you is impossible? We've all got something. We've all got something there that we just stopped asking. Oh, no, God's not going to do that. No, 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 no. No, no, that's... And, and it, sound, it sounds goofy when we vocalize it, but our brain really does think, that's too big for God, God couldn't do that. That sounds silly in the, it, when I, once I let it come out of my mouth. But it, it doesn't feel silly when it's in your mind because we've all thought it. And God wants us to take the parameters off of his power. He wants us to take the parameters off of his might and his dominion. That everything is his. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. There is nothing that is beyond his ability to to rearrange. There is nothing that is beyond his ability to take it and make it brand new. To to rearrange the situation or the circumstance. You've got to get a hold of faith and say, God, I I, I repent for not believing that you were going to make a way in this situation and I choose to believe that you're going to do it. I choose to pick my faith back up and start believing your word again. Hallelujah. God didn't design us to walk in fear. He designed us to walk in faith. It's impossible to walk in faith. To be, to be linked up with God and to be living and walking by faith and not have excitement in your spirit. If you can connect with faith, there's nobody that has to hype anybody up. The problem is a faith deficiency. If I've got to be hyped up by, by whatever, 
That means, my, that means I'm not hyped up. That means I'm not excited about something. You know why there's no excitement? No faith. If there's no excitement, there's no faith. That's, that's why. That's why. I, I, I love being Pentecostal, apostolic. But, but there's, hear me, hear me. There, it, it's not about getting, uh, getting out in the aisle and shouting and dancing and being crazy just to be crazy. There are churches that do that, and it's empty. It's just a bunch of shouting around. But when we can get a hold of the gift of faith, when we begin to walk by faith and not by sight, when you tap into the supernatural and you begin to believe the word of God, whatever, however it applies in your life, It'll put a song in your heart. It'll, 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 it'll change the way you walk. It'll change your purpose in life. Instead of believing just everything bad's going to happen. No. Well, once you do that, yeah, it probably will. You, you can look for all the negativity and you'll find it. You'll find it. Why does it always happen to me? Yeah, it happens to you because that's, that's, that's your disposition. You haven't tapped into faith yet. Where was I at? Luke 17. Oh, next verse, verse number six. Increase our faith. The Lord said, if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. Matthew 17. Verse number 14. When they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless, there he is. Dealing with the, Jesus is going to deal with the problem, but he's going to deal with the reason why it didn't get fixed in the first place. What's the first thing he says? Faithless. Now, I thought they thought they were operating in faith. They were, they were, they were trying. But faith goes beyond so much more than just mental assent, mental agreement. Oh, I believe it. No, 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 no. And Jesus is trying to express the levels of faith that somebody can operate in. O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Let me stop there for just a moment. We can talk about miracles and signs and wonders and everything, but for somebody to get deliverance from a devil, the person praying for them, has got to have faith. I know, I know this, is, this seems really, you've got to believe that when you lay hands on somebody, whatever that addiction is, whatever that compulsion is, whatever that situation is that has that person bound, they will not get free if the person praying for them doesn't have faith. You know why? Because it's transferable. If you don't believe somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost when you lay hands on them, guess what? They're not going to get it. But do you know how to get faith to do it? You've just got to start doing it. Because the first time that you step out in faith, it may not pan out like you thought it was going to. But you keep doing it anyway. And that is your act of the act that probably when the initial act of faith may not yield the results that you were looking for, but when you do it in faith, God is still pleased and it attracts God. And it won't take long until your faith, even though you didn't, like you lay hands on somebody for whatever situation, maybe to get the Holy Ghost, maybe to get healed, maybe to get delivered, maybe just whatever, whatever. You say, hey, I need prayer. Boom, you lay hands on them. And nothing happened. I'll never do it again. Instead of saying, no, the word of God says that he is a deliverer. 
The Word of God says that he is a healer, so I'm going to do it again because the Word of God says it. Then your faith begins to grow. And it won't take long until you begin to see what the Word of God says because you activated your faith. You won't see anything by doubting it, having unbelief, slinking off into a corner somewhere and just calling it quits. That's all it will get you. But God's people have got to be people who operate in faith. That means when, you, when you're in your small group Bible study or in your home Bible study, you've got to believe that the presence of God is going to sweep down in there. You've got to believe that you're going to ask somebody to come and they're going to say yes. You're gonna, you're gonna, you've got to believe that when the Lord impresses upon you to talk to somebody uh, and, and ask them how they're doing or can I pray for you, that you've got to go to them believing and knowing that they are hungry and God wants to touch them and God's going to do it. We've got to get out of the deficit. We, we, most of Pentecost, we live in the red. We live in the negative in our faith department because we don't activate it, because we choose not to step out and believe the word of God. Matthew, where are we at? Matthew 17. Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? Jesus said unto them, because of your... Now wait, the Lord had sent them out by twos to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to preach the kingdom. That's why they sent. They went putting one foot in front of the other out of obedience and a certain level of faith. Did they have faith? To a certain level, but it was not to the level that Jesus was trying to bring them to. He was trying to increase their faith. He was trying to show them and get them. See, Jesus does on-the-job training. That's the only way Jesus does it. Okay, if, if, if you're going to learn, if Jesus is going to impart anything to us, he's not going to do it just in the classroom, then you learn it all and go do it. That's not the way Jesus does it. It's not the way he did it with his disciples. He sent them out. He taught them. Then he sent them out. He said, now you go do it. And in this situation, they come back to him and said, hey, Lord, we tried. Uh, didn't work out. Can you help us? And he takes the opportunity with the on-the-job training to explain something. Your faith level is not at a place that it needed to be to deal with this situation. He calls out their unbelief. He had to get all of that unbelief out of their spirit before he ascended into heaven. He worked for three and a half years challenging their faith, dealing with their doubt, dealing with their unbelief, dealing with everything that would stop a move of God. That's what he dealt with over and over, and it wasn't that the devil was too strong. Because of your unbelief. Whoo! How many times have I, have we just passed somebody off and said, well, I guess they really didn't want it. Whoo! that convicts me. I don't know about you, but how many people have walked away from, from, a, from a church service not getting what they wanted, and we thought, well, I mean, I guess if you don't pursue it, you don't want it. Who I don't know. I think the Lord, if he was here, he'd say, no, there's a lot of unbelief in you. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's a lot of unbelief in your spirit, and there are souls that are in the balance, and they are waiting on people that are not full of unbelief, but they need people that are full of faith, that have driven out unbelief and doubt, that believe the word of God from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. This this city is is not going to be saved because there are, there are a group of people that, that, that lived and walked in unbelief and doubt, and, and old thumbs up thumbs down. Oh, I don't know how I feel about this. No, 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 no. God's people walk about and, and go and, 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 and preach the kingdom and lay hands on the sick and cast out evil spirits because we are full of faith and not unbelief. We have got to drive unbelief out of our life. We cannot, we cannot allow one little bit of unbelief to stay in our spirit. Brother Crowder hit it on the head the other day. He said, have you ever had a rat in your house? 10 of them, and you got rid of nine, you'd be okay with that last one? Oh, it's, well, we got nine of them, so, you know, we're pretty, you know, it's, it's not as bad as it could have been. We'll just leave that one. No. No, you wouldn't. We got to get it all out. 
we got to get every shred of unbelief out. We've got to drive unbelief out in the area of, of, of physical healing. We've got to drive unbelief out in the area of financial blessing. We've got to drive unbelief out in the area of any any area in our life, any shred of unbelief that creeps in when God is trying to move amongst his people. We've got to drive it out. This has got to be the place where faith and belief reign supreme, where there is not one shred of unbelief in the house when God is wanting to move. Does somebody hear me tonight? We cannot, we cannot believe God for certain things and then have unbelief in other things because unbelief, the Bible says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Leaven was sin. Sin affects everything. And the Bible says that which is not of faith is sin. There's no middle ground. I can't have faith and then have unbelief at the same time and let them coexist. There's no such thing as faith and unbelief uh, 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 coexisting. It's either one or the other. If there's a little bit of unbelief, it'll compromise all the belief that's there. We've got to drive out the unbelief. We've got to drive out the doubt. We've got to drive out everything that keeps God from being able to move in our midst and being pleased with us. Would you lift up your hands right now in the name of Jesus? I take authority and dominion over doubt and unbelief. Would you do that with me right now in the name of Jesus? We cast it down in the name of Jesus. We lose faith in the name of Jesus. Faith for miracles and faith for healing. Faith for blessing. Faith for an outpouring in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It is the will of God for people to be physically healed. And I'm, on the, I'm, on, I'm gonna be on this until we break loose in this area. Because it is the will of God for people to be healed, uh, uh, physically healed, uh, almost every time we come together. Yeah, you see, that, that, there's my point right there. That it really is the will of God for there to be supernatural miracles, notable miracles that doctors can sign off and say, I don't know what happened here kind of miracles. But you know why it doesn't happen? It doesn't happen because God can't do it. It doesn't happen because he's not powerful enough. It doesn't happen because he doesn't want to do it. It, ha it happens because of our unbelief. The problem is, and I, Brother Lockwood, I have, I, have, I have thought about this and thought about it and thought about it, and it's just, it is just, the more I think about it, it's almost like the worse it gets. Uh, maybe, uh, should I say that? I don't know. But it's like, when thinking about the, the church, where we are, I believe that we have lived in such a deficit of faith. We have been in such a negative place in our faith. That if three people got healed, we would just be shouting and going crazy. When I read it last, the last Tuesday night I taught, when Jesus did it in his hometown, he only healed a few folks because of their unbelief. Like that was Jesus' idea of a failure. Three people got healed. I couldn't do anything there. Only three got healed tonight. Ah, bummer. We'll try to get it next time. That's what Jesus was talking about in his hometown because of their unbelief. So if that's Jesus' idea of a failure, what is his idea of success? What can happen where there is faith? Now that's what Jesus did where there was unbelief. Three people got healed. I've had to admit to myself and just, I'm like, God, you have got to forgive us. We've got to pull out of all of this negative doubt, unbelief. Unbelief has become part of our spiritual DNA somehow. Well, it's just who we are. We, got, we, we have got to reach for something. What do we have to lose? What in the world do we have to lose by believing that God can do anything every time we come together? Would you stand to your feet with me right now? I want you to lift your hands and lift your voice up to the Lord and we're just gonna begin to take authority and dominion over doubt and unbelief in the name of Jesus. Right now, every shred of unbelief, every spirit of doubt, every spirit of unbelief, we do not accept it. We are not okay with it. We drive it out in the name of Jesus. We rebuke doubt and unbelief and we lose faith in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Come on, let's pray right now. In the name of Jesus, we're going to break through into a place of faith. Hallelujah. This is a place where miracles happen. This is a place where healings happen. This is a place where faith reigns. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We take authority in Jesus' name over fear and doubt and unbelief. And we lose healing in the name of Jesus. We lose miracles in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, we're going to get out of this deficit of faith and we're going to get into the positive. In the name of Jesus, our faith is going to soar that you can do anything, that you can pour out your spirit, that you can heal the sick. Hallelujah. Now we've taught it, we're going to practice it. If you need healing in your body, I want you to come to the front over to the left side. If you have an impossible situation, a situation that you just wrote off, you said, God can't do it, not even praying about it, just going to try to exist my way through it, grit my teeth and bear it, I want you to come to this side. In Jesus' name. We are people of faith. We are not people of doubt. We are believers. We are believers. We are believers. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Now if you want to operate in faith, you're going to find somebody. We're going to pray for them together. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to pray the prayer of faith in Jesus' name. The Lord knows what the situation is. We're going to, I want you to lift your hands right now all over this building in the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that impossible situation is going to turn around. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we believe it. We believe it in Jesus' name. I lose a spark of faith right now. I lose faith right now. I lose faith right now. I bind fear and doubt and unbelief. And I lose faith in this place in the name of Jesus. Devil, you're a liar. Devil, you're a liar. I lose faith and healing in Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Can anybody that had a physical issue tell any kind of difference right now? Anybody? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. God is good. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. In the name of your knee is better from Sunday. God's a healer. This is what, let me, let me, when we go out there, we have got to operate in faith. Operating in unbelief is going to do us no good. It, it does us absolutely no good to not even try, not even try and pray for nobody, not even try to operate in faith. Oh, I'll just accept it. No. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to believe in the name of Jesus for it. I want you to lift your hands one more time. In the name of Jesus, right now I lose the gift of faith in this place. I take authority in Jesus' name over infirmity. I bind the spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. I curse it in the name of Jesus. I lose healing and miracles right now in the name of Jesus to begin to operate in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I bind unbelief and I bind doubt in Jesus' name. And I lose faith. I lose healing in the name of Jesus. We receive your healing. We receive your miracle. We receive the working of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus right now. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank him together right now. Hallelujah. 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 We are people of faith. We are not people of unbelief and doubt. In Jesus' name, we're going to operate in faith. Everything that we do, every area of our existence has got to be permeated by faith. I feel like there's a, just a, 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 a righteous anger that will come over somebody against doubt and unbelief. In the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm sick of that spirit of unbelief and doubt robbing us of the promises of God. In the name of Jesus. I take authority in Jesus' name. I want to somebody lift up your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost and war in the Spirit right now. I bind the spirit of unbelief and doubt in the name of Jesus. I curse every thought of unbelief and doubt in Jesus' name. We drive it out of this place in the name of Jesus and we lose faith. name. I lose faith in Jesus' name. Unbelief go. Doubt go. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. One more time. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise in this place right now. Hallelujah. 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 It is because of, I'm, I'm wrapping up, we're going to go. It is because of our deficit of faith that we hate scriptures like you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall, and they shall recover because we do it and we don't see it. So we, we just avoid them. Like preach me a scripture that I really believe and I can see. Because our, our faith has been in such a, we've allowed doubt and unbelief to creep in. It will not go accidentally. It will not change just, just by happenstance. But in the name of Jesus, unbelief is going to be driven out. Every, bit, every shred of unbelief and doubt is going to be driven out where this is the place that, 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 that the city of Springfield brings people that need to be healed. 
That's what this place is. This is the pit stop on the way to the emergency room first to let them pray for him first before they go to the hospital because there's such faith that's in this place. Lift up your hands one more time and declare that in the Holy Ghost. This is a house of faith. This is a I bind unbelief and I bind doubt. We shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. When they come to the altar, they're going to get the Holy Ghost. They're going to get the Holy Ghost. They're going to get healed. They're going to get delivered. They're going to leave different. In Jesus' name. We're just going to be here till we really, I feel there's a shift even here tonight. But we're just going to be here till God just, there's going to be, there's, going to, there's a new dimension in the Holy Ghost and our faith. God's going to increase our faith. He's going to increase our faith. Our faith isn't going down. Our faith is, is going up. Hallelujah. I'll say that again. Our faith is not going down. Our faith is going up. It's going higher. We're going to believe God for the miraculous. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's leave here in faith tonight. Invite somebody to Easter. They're going to come. They've been looking for some place to come. You're going to talk to somebody. They're going to say, I was wondering where to go on Easter. They're coming here in Jesus' name. God bless you tonight. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.